0: What is going on everyone and welcome to the Joseph Boar podcast and the JV podcast network. Just wanted to say hope you guys had a lovely Thanksgiving with all your friends and your family and you enjoyed enjoyed those Thanksgiving football games and even more so hope you guys listened to Thanksgiving six-pack and threw some money down in those games. Uncle Mike and I with a pretty good weekend going four and two picking the spreads and totals for those Thanksgiving games so hopefully You guys filled up your tummies and filled up your pockets with some money on those Thanksgiving games. Just a quick reminder, wherever you may be listening, Apple, Spotify, or YouTube, please rate five stars, leave a friendly review, subscribe, and turn those notifications on so you never miss an episode, interviews coming your way every single Monday, and the weekend 12-pack with Uncle Micah coming your way every single Friday. Guys, it is your home for degenerate gambling advice from non-degenerate gamblers. So in this episode, I'm going to kick things off. I'm going to talk about this past weekend that was Rivalry College Football Weekend and what it means going forward for the college football playoff. I'm going to talk about some of the dilemmas and situations and scenarios that may be coming towards the committee and the questions that they're going to have to ask and the questions that they're going to have to answer. And I'm going to tell you guys who I think how, how things are going to play out, and who I think is going to be in the college football playoff. Then the snowman calls in. We do 16 Sundays in hell, Browns and Steelers. It was very depressing, so get ready for that. You might want to skip over it. Honestly, it was very sad. The Browns season ended for the second time by a third-string quarterback this year. It's been a tough year. That's a bit of an understatement. And then we talk about His football season with the Tiffin Dragons. They won the league. They went to the playoffs. We talk about all of that good stuff. And then we have a little impromptu Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies, our favorite Christmas movies. So we get into that. We talk about all the fun things that we have going on in the month of December that we are looking very much forward to. And then I will wrap things up with, you guys Guess it, it is back by popular demand. It was gone for a few weeks, but now it is back. My complaint of the week. All of that coming your way right now. But first, enjoy this nice, smooth jazz. All right, let's talk about the college football playoff. Going into this past weekend, rivalry weekend in college football, here were the college football playoff rankings. Number one, Ohio State. Number two, LSU Number three, Clemson, and number four, Georgia. Number five on the outside looking in was Alabama. Number six, Utah, and number seven, Oklahoma. Here's what those seven teams did this past weekend. Ohio State, in the game, dominated Michigan 56-27. to LSU dominates Texas A&M 50-7. You can spot a trend here. Clemson dominates South Carolina 38 to 3. Georgia dominates their in-state rival, Georgia Tech, 52 to 7. Here's the first blemish. Number five, Alabama without two, of course, goes down in dramatic fashion in the Iron Bowl at Auburn 48 to 45. Bama, that's two losses for them. They're out. Number six, Utah dominates Colorado 45 to 15. And Oklahoma with a very good win on the road, overranked in. State rival Oklahoma State. They win 34 to 16. So I believe since all the teams took care of business, all the teams dominated that one, six of those seven top seven teams. I believe that when the rankings come out, Ohio State will remain number one, LSU will be number two, three Clemson, four Georgia. I believe that Utah will shift up one to five, and Oklahoma will shift up one spot. To six. So now we will be moving into conference championship weekend. All of these teams, those six teams I mentioned, will all be in action for their conference championships. In the Big Ten, Ohio State will be in Indianapolis to take on Wisconsin. In the SEC championship game, now this is interesting. This is the 1-4 matchup, LSU and Georgia. In the ACC, Clemson and the University of Virginia. University of Virginia tragically beat my Hokies. They had covered five straight weeks. The Hokies, all good things must come to an end. They couldn't make it six. Virginia beat them. In the Pac-12, Utah and Oregon will play. And in the Big 12, Oklahoma, a rematch of that epic game. Oklahoma without CeeDee Lamb had to fight all the way back and win. Oklahoma and Baylor for the Big 12. So, only three teams out of the top six that I mentioned have losses. Georgia had a bad loss to South Carolina on a bad weather day. Utah, I think Utah has the best loss. They lost to a ranked USC and Oklahoma in a game where they did not look good. They made it a one-score game. They lost 48 to 41 to Kansas State. Remember nearly had that crazy onside excuse me, that onside kick recovery ended up being a one-score game, but they had to do a lot of work to make it a one-score game in the fourth quarter. So, I think Utah has the best loss there. Here's who I think is in, no matter what. I said going into Rivalry College Week, going into Saturday, I believed that Ohio State and LSU, they could split these last two weeks and still get in no matter what. If Ohio State would have lost to Michigan but won the Big Ten, I believe that they would be in. LSU, if they would have lost to a and then beat Georgia, they'd be in and vice versa for both teams. Clemson, now that they won, now that they beat South Carolina, if they were to, I don't think that they will. I don't think any of these teams are going to lose in their conference championship game. But I think Clemson is now on that level to where if they were to lose to Virginia, Trevor Lawrence, what they did in last year's game. I know it's a different team. They uh, lost to some guys to the draft and things like that. Um, but I think Clemson still has done enough work and shown enough, especially here of late, that if they were to somehow lose to Virginia, um, who's a top 25 team now, 22 in the nation, AP poll. Uh, I believe that they would be in. So I think Ohio State, LSU, and Clemson are all locks. It's like 99% they're going to be in no matter what. But with that being said, I think that they're going to win their conference championship games. That would obviously put um, OSU in. I wish it was ASU. I almost said ASU. Uh, OSU would be in. LSU would be in. Clemson in. Now, LSU, like I mentioned, they're playing Georgia in the SEC championship game who sits in that number four spot right now, that would knock George out. They would be out of playoff contention. Then it becomes Utah versus Oklahoma. Like I mentioned in their conference championship game, Utah will have to play Oregon. They did not play during the regular season. Oregon, they're going to be around the top 10. They're probably going to be around 12. I think that that's where the, that is where they're sitting right now. Remember, they were as high as six of late but my Arizona State Sun Devils beat them knocked them out of playoff contention so now Oregon has a chance to play spoiler for Utah getting into the playoff. I think that would be a great win for Utah in the Pac-12 championship over a top 15 team in Oregon. But Oklahoma they're going to play Baylor in the Big 12. Baylor is going to be a top 10 team when the when the rankings become official. They've already played Baylor they beat Baylor, so I think it'd be really impressive for Oklahoma to beat a top 10 team for the second time, and they've already played them once. So that's impressive. So those are the questions the committee's going af- gonna to have to ask themselves if both teams win out. Obviously, if one loses and the other wins, the team that won is going to be in and the team that lost is going to be out. But if both teams win, they have to ask those questions. Utah, like I already mentioned, I think... They have the better lost. The loss to USC is better than Oklahoma's loss to Kansas State. In the conference championship game, neither team has a cupcake. Utah has Oregon. Oklahoma has Baylor. But I think what it's going to come down to is they're going to look at Oklahoma. They're going to say Lincoln Riley, Jalen Hurts, CeeDee Lamb. They've been to the college football playoff the last two years. Why not make it a third? Oklahoma's the sexier pick. It's the bigger football school. Utah is the better story. Or it's an interesting story. Maybe it's not the better story. Oklahoma, they just keep reloading at quarterback. Baker Mayfield gone. Kyler Murray in. Back-to-back Heismans. Jalen Hurts isn't going to win the Heisman, but he certainly was very, very good this year. So they're they're both interesting stories. Now, the Big 12, obviously, Oklahoma, has been in the last two years. The Pac-12 hasn't been in this game since, I believe, when Washington was the four seed. That maybe have been 2017, I believe, when they played those during the 2016 regular season. 2017 during the playoff. I think that was the last time that the Pac-12 had a playoff team. So they're gonna look at those things. Those are the questions that they're gonna have to ask themselves. But when it comes down to it, this is what I think it's going to be. Ohio State is going to win the Big Ten. They will be the number one seed. LSU is going to win the SEC. They will be the number two seed. Clemson will win the ACC. They'll beat Virginia. They'll be the number three. Georgia, like I mentioned, I said LSU is going to win. So Georgia, they will lose. They'll be out. Then it's going to come down to Utah, Oklahoma. I think that the committee will swing with Oklahoma. I really, really do. I really, really do. And I believe Oklahoma will get that number four spot. So you'll be looking at a semifinal of Ohio State and Oklahoma. And then on the other side, you will have LSU and Clemson. That's what I think the college football playoff is going to be. So the, the, it's going to be interesting. The committee is going have to the, have themselves some questions to ask. But if Utah loses and Oklahoma wins, or vice versa, or or the other way around, it's going to be an easy decision. Now where it gets really interesting, though, if Utah and Oklahoma both lose, so I'm not looking at the official college football rankings right now, but I'm looking these up right now. The AP has LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, Utah, Oklahoma, Florida at 7 ahead of Baylor at number 8. If, now Florida will not play in another game until their bowl game. If Utah, if Georgia, Utah, and Oklahoma all lose, I think Baylor gets in. Baylor will have, will be 12-1. They've won three in a row since losing to Oklahoma, and they will have avenged, Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game. So if something goes crazy, you could see if LSU beats Georgia, they're out. Utah loses to Oregon, they're out. Oklahoma loses to Baylor, they're out. Florida gets jumped. Utah, Oklahoma, Georgia all move back. And Baylor, I believe, would go from number eight all the way up to number four and play Ohio State, who I think is going to be the number one seed. So there's a lot of crazy scenarios, but if the teams win out, and the committee has, has to make a tough decision, I think that's, that, that's what they're going to look. Those are the questions that they're going to ask. They're going to go up on a board and say, here's Utah's resume, here's their loss, here's who they beat, Oklahoma resume, their loss, who they beat. And then you look at some other things, like I mentioned, Lincoln Riley, Jalen Hurts, CeeDee Lamb, just Oklahoma as a program in general, and I think that they would lean towards Oklahoma. So my official prediction, like I already said, Ohio State number one taking on OU the number four seed LSU at number two taking on Clemson at number three okay let's talk to the snowman all right so on the bad phone right now on JB podcast hotline my good friend I think the first time I think you're like the first three time recurring guest on the show so how first off how are you and how does that make you feel
1: uh, it makes me feel, oh, well, I'm good, first of all. And uh, second of all, you know, I, I can't say that it's a bad choice to have me on multiple times.
0: <laughs> That's right. The ratings speak for themselves, right? The, ra- the ratings speak for themselves. Okay, Snowman. So you said you're good. I'm glad that you're good because I'm not. And I'm not because, like I mentioned, you're uh, my first guest joining me to talk 16 Sundays in Hell, Sunday number 12 of 16 Browns and Steelers, because not only did the Broncos end the Browns season, but the Steelers really put the dagger in the hearts of Browns of, of the Browns and Browns fans everywhere, including us. And that's the reason why now what was such a good weekend, starting with a great slot of football on Thursday, it was a good, lovely Thanksgiving. It yeah. was a lovely Saturday, as we already talked about, the Ohio State Buckeyes killed Michigan. Alabama yeah. goes down. Arizona State wins. And then on Sunday, all of that, I mean, all of that, at least in my book, is now wiped away because of the doings of Freddie Buddy Buttermilkshake and Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns.
1: Yeah. I think you, uh, I wouldn't say it's a total lost weekend, it's man. A lost that, weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely agree that uh, Fredward. M kitchens has totally blown this team into a thousand smithereens, but I mean, I just I don't even know what to really think. It's just I think you we were talking earlier and you used the word circus. Yep, (laughs) and and they've got practice all week, and it's just circus music playing
0: yeah the
1: whole time because it doesn't seem like they're doing anything. (laughs) I know. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they're doing anything. That has any type of use on a freaking NFL football field. No. I don't understand it. I really don't. Yeah.
0: I, no, I don't get it either. And when you see things like, um, you know, where the stats pop up and it's like the third quarter, Odell Beckham Jr., two receptions, 10 yards. You're like, are you kidding me? Oh, it's well. Like we gave a first round draft pickup for that. Well, yeah, and, and no, and that's no fault to Odell, and I don't know. You no, know, no I, not at all. No, not at all. I think a lot of it has to do with play calling, but, you know, if that's going on, then you would think, oh, Nick Chubb's got to have, like, 130 yards because they're so focused on Odell, or they're so focused on Odell that, you know, like, Higgins and... Carlson, by the way, get me a Steven Carlson jersey, and Jarvis Landry, you know, have to be combined for almost 200 yards receiving. Like they got to be tearing it up because all the focus is on OBJ. But no, it's just bad across the the, the entire board. And the, the, the Browns got off to a 10 0 start. They weren't able to make it four opening drives in a row with a touchdown. They got a field goal out of it, but they go up 10 0, and really the entire momentum, the game totally changed. When Pittsburgh, it may have been a third down when they completed that first long pass where I think the Browns yes. jumped off sides yeah. and they had a free play. They completed yeah, it. That third down there. To, was that James Washington or Deontay Johnson? One it was one of those. I believe it was Washington. Whoever, I think, yeah, yeah it was 13, so I think it was Washington. So yeah. but once that happened, all of a sudden it was like the floodgates opened. Pittsburgh, after Baker got off to a hot start and it looked like the play calling was great. Baker was in a rhythm. They established Chubb. Like He, he started to put together some good runs. Then all of a sudden, that all went away, and Pittsburgh got going in a rhythm. We talked about it. They did a great job for Duck. Like They were dumping it off to the running backs. They were utilizing bootlegs, getting it out to the tight ends, and they just had matchups where we had little guys trying to tackle their big guys, and they're coming up with yeah. first downs. They're coming up with all the receptions. and I don't know. It just looked when, when we were talking to like how we talked about it's a circus, and we think of coaching as the huge issue with this because I think the Browns, especially offensively, are obviously very talented, and I'm we've seen no
1: about that,
0: and we've seen what it it can look like at times and in spurts, but then I, I don't know. It's just like sometimes you're just like, what is what is going on here? Why do we get away from this? Like. You know, you look at situations where they get that huge interception. You know what I mean? And they don't and, they and, and, don't, and on the net capitalize off of that. I they mean, didn't they, even, obviously
1: they were down twenty to ten and they needed a field goal at some point. Yes. But I mean, you get you get a pick there and what he returns it and they get the ball at like the thirty-eight yard line, I think yeah, it was. Yes. Like you have a mega short field. And you, you get a field goal out of it? I no, no, no. it. No, the
0: pick, no, no, no. No, after the pick, they didn't okay, gain yeah, one right. yard. They didn't
1: get a single – yeah, they didn't
0: gain one yard. I'll not think. one yard. Not one play looked good at all. It was terrible. It's like, what is – what is I mean, seriously, there's nothing else to say. It seems like lazy and maybe we're just like, we don't know what we're talking about. But honestly, right. like the whole game, I'm just like, what's going on? What are we what are we trying to do here? What's the, what's the plan? It's kind of like hitting shuffle – when, you know, you're, like, walking around, you have your headphones in, you just, like, hit shuffle, or you're in the car, you're like, oh, that, sound, that song sounds good. Let's play that one. Let's listen to that one. I feel like that's what Freddie's doing over on the sideline. He has his tablet out, and just hit shuffle on the plays. He's like, ooh, let's try that one. That one looks cool. And here's what I've kind of noticed. His opening, his opening,
1: his, so, so in the football coaching world, we call this our openers, real real revolutionary stuff. Yeah. Right? called openers. Yes. Well, these are for us in, in my school, we always have twelve to thirteen plays. Yes that that we are scripted. Yes. And you know, we did it in high school. Me and you, my dad had a had the first ten of the game that he always had that yes. you know And you'd practice uh, them all week. And you would you would stick to those, right? Yep. And depending on what the situation is, you you might you might vary depending on what what happens. Right. But, but but you know, for the most part, you've got those scripted plays, and you know, Freddie does a hell of a job of scripting his twelve plays and running them, and usually does pretty well. But yeah. then once once you get into most play callers, they get into the flow of the game. I mean, it seems like he just like I don't know, man. I don't know. It's don't know. it's great great openers, and then once once it's time to you know. To, to call plays on the fly, it's just not there, and I don't, and I don't get it. I don't, but I'll also, I will also defend Freddie, even though I I haven't been the biggest fan. I'll also defend him though, because we, you and I, we don't know what's going on in their really? game plan meetings. We don't know, we don't know the behind the sh- behind the scenes stuff. So for all the people that you know want to talk about play calling and have never really been in a game plan meeting or or you know really prepared for a a football game you don't really know what's going on there exactly. could be a multitude there could be a multitude of reasons whether it's players whether it's coaching whether it's play calling whether it's discipline whatever you want to whatever you want to chalk it up to it's it all it's all a mystery to people who are on the outside looking in
0: right so i don't know um, did you did you see any do you hear anything from freddie after the game I did not. I was really annoyed. I I was pissed because
1: my buddies who are Steelers fans were oh, texting in our group message, you it's know, disgusting. how about them Cleveland boys. I'm like, well, obviously you didn't see us beat the living shit out of you <laughs> during the game on Thursday, two Thursdays ago, Literally during the game and after the game.
0: Oh, no, so. that, that was still during the game. They just did it on the scoreboard. And then also there was an assault, attempted murder, whatever you want to call it
1: yeah, that's true. that's true. Beg, beg my pardon.
0: Yeah. so I'm sure that you saw on Twitter Freddie Kitchens wearing the the fame the now infamous Pittsburgh well, yeah. started the it shirt. Pittsburgh started it. Yeah. so they they asked him about it and he talked about how um his daughters got him the shirt and they wanted him to wear it. and yep. and they asked him about it after the game. and you know he says, you know, it had nothing to do with the outcome, which is true. It had that nothing it had nothing to do with them giving up 40 yard passes, which is true, all that stuff. But I just the whole year, and I know, you know, every, you know the during the offseason, like the big thing was, you know, Freddie, Freddie's different. He's not gonna be your prototypical head coach. You know, when you close your eyes and you listen to him in a press conference, he's not gonna sound you know, like a prototypical yeah. Oh, yeah. head coach. And that was the big sell on him. Like everyone, you know, Freddie's different. You know, that works because Baker's different. You know, he doesn't sound like your prototypical franchise QB when he's, you know, talking in the media or whatever else. But the repeated right. just like stubbornness and just like lack of self-awareness, aware you know, and, you know, just, you know, him just being like, I, I just think it's like pretty arrogant and ignorant or what? whatever whatever words you want to use to describe it is, like, dude, you can't, you really, I, I didn't think it was going to affect anything, and it didn't, but you, it's just not a good look, and especially when you come no. out and, and your team looks the way that it does and you add, and you answer questions, you know, like that, like, you can't zip up your ch- jacket for a picture or I, yeah. I, I, I even tweeted, and I was just like, my entire life, my parents have told me not to give in to peer pressure. If Freddie parented the same way, he is in fact a hypocrite because his daughters reversed little inverted there, peer pressure to him wearing that shirt out to the movies. And of course people are going to notice yeah. him and take a picture with them. And if the Browns would have killed him today, it would have been awesome. And even during the moment, it was awesome. But I think the, we really kind of got what we deserved today. The way like stuff like that and the way right. the Browns and everyone seem like they've carried themselves throughout the week. Um, like It just sucks to know that we put together such a good performance against Lamar Jackson, who's looking like he's going to be the MVP, and the Ravens yep. just might be favorites to go to the Super Bowl. And then two games that we should have won, two games that we needed that you know would have us in a very, very good spot for playoff contention right now, Denver and Pittsburgh both pretty much ended our seasons with third-string quarterbacks. And that's a really yep. tough pill to swallow.
1: And Mike Tomlin had a good quote before. I, I like Mike Tomlin. He had a good quote before yeah, the me game. Too. I mean, they asked him about the shirt, the Freddie shirt, and he, he gave them, uh, you know, that's just a rookie head coach acting like a rookie. Yeah.
0: Like, that's all that, that needs I, to be said about it.
1: Right. That's, and that's 100% correct. No, nothing wrong in that. And, and to what you said about, you know, we, we play the Ravens earlier in the year. We're like, oh, shit, here we go. This is the team. This is a real team. Yeah, We're going to, we are, we have arrived. We are going to play well, you know, because, I mean, look at the Ravens, Freaking 10 and 2.
0: Yep. Yeah, they <laughs> and, haven't so, lost
1: since. All right, haven't lost since the Browns. And I am terrified to go play them again. Yep. I think it's going to be a 45 to 6 game. Oh, uh, like it was <laughs> like it was against the uh, Rams the other night, yeah. last week. And uh, that terrifies me. But, you know, I just – I don't understand what the Browns need to do. I I thought I did, but I just don't. I think there's just too much going on.
0: And I thought the Browns had – Pittsburgh, it looked like they were a little timid. It looks like Pittsburgh was going to have no rhythm like we talked about when the Browns were up 10-0. But I thought that I, – I mean I, – at first, I was just like, why are the Browns playing so conservatively, it seemed like, what, yeah, what, they, what, they, what they were doing? I'm like, don't they, like, like, why don't they come out and end these guys? But then I realized, like we've already talked about, it seems like we're just kind of a broken record beating a dead horse here. But there really is no rhyme or reason or rhythm to anything. So maybe it looked like they were being conservative, but in reality, it's just an absolute just crapshoot. Nice. It's like picking plays out of a hat. They're pressing shuffle and whatever sounds cool. Or, you know, Freddie's looking at his dinner menu there and he's like, "Ooh, a green one. Let's run a green one. Let's just do that one. Like, that's honestly what it seems like what's going on. Like, if you've seen the memes going around, it's like Peter Griffin. Then Someone put a Browns hat and a headset on him and and he's just holding a Denny's menu and the captions like Freddie Kitchens on the sideline. Like, that is Freddie butter milkshake. Like, that's actually what it seems like. The Browns' season has been—it's just been incredibly, incredibly frustrating.
1: And you know, like every—it seems like every game, and I was—it was almost to a point where I was getting annoyed with it. But every game, it felt like they were just coming out, just Baker, just chucking the ball deep, like in the first drive, first first few plays, and like that's not how you get a young quarterback who's not a phenomenal deep ball thrower like into rhythm. You know, you, you usually try and, you know, let them complete a few easy passes and then do that. And establish the run when you have two all-pro or an all-pro running back and you know, Nick Chubb, who is going to be an all-pro running back. Or You know, it's I, – I didn't see anything today that made me think they were trying to take any deep shots, really, until yeah. they got down and they had to.
0: Yeah. I, yeah.
1: It just – it was very conservative, which is going to get you ten points.
0: Yep, and that that's what happened to the Browns today. It's sickening. The season's now officially over. Um, yeah, it's just horrible. It, it's just it's just frustrating. And I look back to last year, and you know, I think about the first half when we had you know relatively similar record. Might have been just about the same, you know, two and six through the first eight this year. I can't remember exactly what it was last year. I just know there was a tie in there. Might have been two five and one or three five and one something like that. But you think about all like the overtime games that they played, and a lot of those games they lost at the end. It wasn't like they made close and then came up short. It just, I hate to say it, but it seemed like there was some more inspired games in the beginning of the season underneath Hugh Jackson last year, and obviously that dwindled away, and they played much better in the second half. But it just, just the way that this season is gone. Even if they go five hundred, which by Brown standards. Would be awesome. It's just you can't be very happy with how it's looked, and it it really makes us think that changes are coming. And it really seems like, other than the special teams, they need to clear like everyone out. Yeah. Yeah. And personnel has I, to be different. Like they, then, like they need offensive linemen bad. That's an understatement. I think
1: our offensive line is horrendous i well i mean i just i don't even know man there's just so much going on with him that it's hard to talk about like yep you could we could spend three hours sitting here talking about a different different side of the ball <laughs> whether it's defense offense special teams or personnel
0: or you know well I mean, it's not special was, teams our best player is the punter and he thinks he's a pirate that is true
1: <laughs> i love the scotch hammer uh, running down there mixing it up on that uh on that, uh, what they they just pooched the field goal. Uh, oh, that was awesome! Yeah, the St- our boy Stephen Carlson and I the Scotch Hammer running down, giving up their bodies for the freaking team, man.
0: Stephen Carlson, let's let's talk about Stephen Carlson for a second. I so this is what I say on game. Th- these are like the words that come out my mouth on game day. Like it's stuff I can't repeat. It's it's f my life. The, the Browns are why <laughs> I drink. Jarvis, oh my gosh, Jarvis Landry is so good. And then Odell will have a catch of like, oh, Odell, he's on our team. Or oh yeah. my, oh my gosh, Freddie, what are you doing? And get me a Steven Carlson jersey. And yep, that's uh, I can attest to that one. Yes, I've, I've heard
1: that a few times. Those
0: are like if we were playing what? What's that game with uh, with Steve Harvey, like Family Feud or what, Family feud. yeah, whatever it is. It's like if I was the survey for things that I say on game day, it'd be like with fifty votes. Gosh, give me a Steven Carlson jersey. <laughs> yep. Yep.
1: That, that, awesome. that would be
0: the big winner. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it would. And then number two would just okay. be like a bunch of like at signs and exclamation points and question marks and just bad, <laughs> just bad <laughs> things. Yeah.
1: Sorry, Alex. FCC won't let us uh, put that on the airwaves.
0: That's right. News should have gone to HBO and make it a little more interesting. <laughs> yep. I am like Eddie Murphy Raw, and they want me to be Eddie Murphy Daddy Daycare. You just can't do that, man. You can't do can't it, man. Do oh, Michael Scott. All right, let's let's be done with the Browns. I can't really what? talk about it anymore. Um Snowman, what? so I wanted to talk to you um because you guys just wrapped up your football season at Tiffin. We had you on at the beginning of the year. We talked about yep. your new coach, you know, a little bit coming off of last season, what you thought this season was going to look like and all that stuff. You guys after an impressive season last year, you guys one-upped yourself and had an even better season this year. You guys won a league yeah. title, uh, went to a playoff game, finally beat Finley for the first time in how many years? Uh, 25 years. Incredible. Was, we uh, Coming into that game, we were
1: 1-25 in 25 against them uh, in the last 26 wow. years. And obviously uh, we went over there and we beat them in their home – on their home field, uh, which also clinched an outright league title, conference championship. So we get get the uh, the um, daunting rings there you that go. everybody all talks about yes. when you play college football. Um, rings Yep. And then uh, you know, uh, talking talking about when we when we talked about the beginning of the season. Yeah. You know, are talking about the head coach, the new head coach, Coach Reiser, who wants to be a guest on the show. Yes, we're, he won't leave working, us alone. We're, we're working. We're working on it. We're working on getting him on. Um, he he did not disappoint this season. He you know came in, told us our goal is to win a league championship and go to the playoffs and win a national championship. Obviously, we since we're wrapping up the season here, we we didn't win the national championship, but you know we. Won that conference championship and made the playoffs, which is the first time Tiffin's ever uh, made the playoffs in Division II football. Incredible! Which was also, which was also a really cool, really cool thing to be a part of. And I uh, like—I know I'm an alleged college athlete, but I think at this point in my career, I can say I am a college athlete. I've been the the freaking kicker for the last two years, and two years I have managed to not screw the pooch on anything, which I'm happy about. But. You know, uh, we we had a really really good year. Finished nine and two, which is the same as what we were last year. But we only played ten regular season games, so we we're nine and one in the regular season, seven and zero oh in the conference, and then uh, went up went over to Cuts Pennsylvania, and lost a lost a real tough one, thirty three thirty one. Not gonna lie, I was shitting my pants a little bit on the sideline when we got the ball back with <laughs> fifty seconds left, uh, down two and my long field goal being 35 yards. Um, we got the ball on our uh, minus 20-yard line off the kickoff. But So I'm thinking, shit, I got to kick a 45-yard field goal? I've never even attempted that. That's yeah. unbelievable. But yeah. uh, no, that all, all was a really great season. I, have a, I think we had 11 um, – no, way more than 11. I'm an idiot. I think like just about every one of our starting offensive players and – Probably six or seven defensive players were all conference. Um, so we had like we had like eighteen or nineteen guys who were all all conference. I was really proud of them. They played great all year. Our uh, head coach, as I said, he didn't disappoint. He was the coach of the year in the conference. Very good. First year, first year head coach leading leading the team to nine and two. Not too bad. Not too bad. If only he was uh, he, Freddie was a little like him. You know, <laughs> maybe uh, his first year wouldn't have been so horrendous. Yeah. Uh but, yeah, it was it was a really fun season. A lot of guys breaking records, doing fun stuff, scoring a lot of points, kicking a lot of extra points. Nice. Great time. Great time.
0: That's good. So for the people who have listened and who know you, know that you want to go on to coach once you're done playing football. So once again, another year in the books, and we've talked about you bouncing around in different positions and how that's helped you being in different meeting rooms, interacting with different coaches seeing different sides of the ball, how that's really helped in your progression of just, you know, understanding things and seeing how coaches worked. You know, can you tell us uh, um, some things that you learned this year that, you know, going forward, you think that'll really help once you go on and become a coach yourself?
1: Well, i I'm currently sitting in the quarterback room. My my roster position on technically, if we're if we're speaking technically, I'm a quarterback. Yes. So when I when I talk to the ladies out at, you know, out in out in the town, I yes. I let them know that I'm a quarterback for the dragons. That's right. And quarterback at defeat. <laughs> quarterback quarterback for the dragons. But no, uh, I've learned an incredible amount. You can't learn football the right way unless you're sitting in the quarterback room or the offensive line room. Yeah, those are the two. Those are the two places where you like. My dad has always told me his his kind of mentor guy who he started off coaching for, who actually coaches for Tiffin right now, um, told him that you can't coach football until you can coach the offensive line because that is just if you don't have an offensive line, you can't do anything.
0: It's, it's like it's like a car without wheels. It's like where do
1: you think like, you're gonna go? Right, exactly. That's that dude. That's the greatest analogy I think I've ever heard.
0: Uh, I know. I'm a, a genius. You are a genius. I could be but, a, so, I could be a football coach's like press writer. And be like, oh, here's an analogy. Here we go. Here's one. Just the you. analogy,
1: man. Yes. Yep. Yes, but
0: no. So sitting in the
1: cornerback room, I've learned about as much as I have ever like learned in this season, I've learned as much as I've learned in my entire life of football. Yeah. So like, you know, I've, I've learned all the different coverages, you know, when, when this coverage is, is occurring and you're, you know, you're sitting back there as a quarterback, what are you going to do based on what you see the defense doing? You know, whether yeah. they're rolling a field safety to the, to the field and, you know, you've got your one-on-one to the outside or, you know, whatever you want to do it. I don't want to get into all that, but, you know, just just all kinds of little little details about, you know, yeah. coaching quarterbacks because when, when you're a quarterback, you got to know what everybody's doing yep. on the offense, all 11 guys. And so when you know what all 11 guys are doing, that means you can coach just about anything, which is awesome. And which is what I, you know, hopefully in my career, I bounced around to coaching every position at some point. You know, uh, but yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun this this uh, fall. Looking forward to getting back at it in the spring, you know, learning some more and my last season in the fall, learning as much as I can and then going out into the real world and
0: getting knocked on my ass. There you go. Um, I don't think I've ever asked you this before. Let's start here. If okay. you had your choice, let's start with just being a position coach. Which position do you think – you would enjoy or that you would want to coach the most?
1: I am a receiver at heart. Yeah. That is what I've, that's what I'm the best playing. That's my best position that I've ever played. Okay. Um. So I know receiver probably the best right now. Yep. But I really want to coach the quarterbacks just because I, I really like the preparation that that comes with being a quarterback. I like, you know, I mean, receivers, those guys, they're like, all right, this team's a man team. All right, well, I got three different releases, you know, and that's not saying that they're not preparing, you know, as much as a quarterback, but there's just so much more, you know, thinking that goes into the quarterback's uh, preparation, you know. I really really like that. So I'd I'd have to – choose the quarterbacks. If I could go
0: anywhere and catch any position. but What would be your ideal job? Like one day, do you really want to be a head guy or do you, I know you love offense? Would you oh, see yeah. yourself as wanting to be more like as a coordinator? Cause some guys, you know, depending on what, what, what they're doing is, you know, you hear some guys who were a coordinator and then they go to be the head coach and being more of the CEO and take a little backseat to that stuff it kind of drives them a, a little crazy, you know, if they're not calling the plays yeah. or they're not as hands-on. So would you see yourself like ideally dream situation, you know, being a head guy, you know, would you be able to take that kind of backseat or will you always want to be like the head of the offense, call the plays, working with the quarterbacks or, or just being the offensive coordinator?
1: I ultimately want to be a head coach. Okay. That is what I, I am striving to, uh, that's that's my goal. It's to be a division one or NFL head coach. That's yeah. That's the ultimate goal. I hope I can accomplish that. Uh, you know, uh, there's uh, there's a lot of really good coaches out there. Hopefully, I can be one of them. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I don't necessarily think like there definitely are head coaches out there that you know kind of just manage everything. Yeah. I don't think I don't think I would be one of those coaches. I think I would be more. I would be hands on on both offense and defense. I would. I would really, I would want to know. I, I'm, I'm currently modeling my coaching philosophy off of what's going, what my head coach is doing now. You know, he he knows everything the defense is doing and the offense is doing. Yeah. So you know, so he can, you know, stand there. He's obviously not calling the defense. He's the kind of the o, the OC for us, but so he's not calling the defense. But you know, he's there. He's engaged. He knows what's going on. I don't. I don't really want to just kind of sit back and let them do it and manage stuff. I would like to be kind of, you know, in on everything and know what's going on.
0: Now, here's an interesting question, I think. So at the Division Two level, and especially with the success that you guys have had at Tiffin, you have a lot of guys, you know, maybe some guys tried Division One, and, you know, they want more playing time or they get hurt or whatever, and you guys end up with them and you guys have sent – your Tiffin has sent guys to the league. So when, when, when recruiting is going on, does um, – when recruiting is going on, you know, what is, what, what is recruiting like, you know, what's the big selling point? Cause obviously it's not, you know, you're going to be playing in front of a hundred thousand people on Saturday. You're not going to, you know, be playing on ESPN every week competing for, you know, a division one national championship. Those just, those just aren't like, you know, that, that, that's just not the reality of it. And you know, you're probably recruiting guys that are borderline, you know, like Mac guys or things like that, you know, and the dream of going division one at any level um, is huge for some guys. So, you know, can, can recruiting get a little bit tricky in a sense, you know, there's some guys that they're like, maybe they're leaning towards, you know, I really want to go try out division one first, or, you know, some guys, you know, see division two, but maybe don't realize, you know, what Tiffin has been and, you know, just how competitive and how high level and how awesome the football is and how great um, the coaching is. So, what's kind of like recruiting at the Division two level at a school that you know you're you're at, where you're bringing in really uh, really good football players.
1: Well, so so my big thing that I've talked to because kids, uh, the big uh, selling feature for a Division two school is the players. So, like when kids have have come to visit here, and you know I've I've been around, you know like like there will be kids this spring on their official visits. Yeah. Uh, here in Tiffin and I'll be coming from class or whatever and and I'll see a coach and I'll always go introduce, that's like what they always, our, our coaches here want us to uh, always if they if we see a coach with a recruit and his family, always go introduce yourself so I'll always go introduce myself and uh, the player will, you know, if I get a chance to talk to the player for a while and if they, they ask, they kind of ask what I like about it. It's, it's, it, this is what I really think about the D2 level you can come to the D2 level and be an all-american yeah and all americans will get looks from the nfl yeah with ease they will get the looks and if you're good enough you'll make it or you could go to no i'm not saying this is bad but you you get a kid who's a borderline d2 mac player yeah it's cool to go play division one at bowling green or wherever but it's like you go there and you get lost in the you get lost in the shuffle yeah and you're on a i don't i don't whatever i mean bowling green you go you go to a Bowling Green's is closest you go to max School and, and the guys like teams like five and five and that's about it you know, yeah. there's really no attention to it but you come to tiffin and we are nine and one in the regular season you know ranked 19th in the country and did at the D- division two level and we got all these all Americans and you know NFL Scouts are coming to our practices there's yeah and they're they're there too so it's like that's that's what i like to Kind of compare it to is, is come here, be an all-American, and you'll get a shot. Or go be just a decent player at a, a max school or a FCS school, and kind of get lost in the shuffle. Right. If that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, for, for for sure. And you're gonna play meaningful football games. Like I look right. at. No. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's
1: unbelievable. I saw some... when I came here. When I came here out of high school, I'm like, I'm sitting as a senior in high school, I'm like. Well, my football career is over. I've, I've played in front of the biggest crowds I'm going to play in, which is true. Uh-huh. But, you know, I and I, I remember coming here and I'm like, I don't know, like, Finley? I don't really care if we beat Finley. Like, who cares? And now, you know, it's like, we're playing Finley, man. We're yeah. getting after it. Like, we're going to go and beat those sons of guns yeah. and be the first team that's beaten them in 25 years. Right. like. Like, it just kind of, like, sucks you in. Like, no matter where you're at, it's just a competitor that's inside of you any, for, for anything, really. And it's just a lot of – it's become a lot of fun, and it's really good football. Division two football is very underrated.
0: Absolutely. And I love how you guys, you know, can compete to play in the playoffs where, you know, that means, you know, sometimes more because really we see more and more, especially with the big programs in the Division one level, if, you know, you're like in Alabama, do you think they're really going to care about playing – a college football or a non-college football playoff bowl game. Like, no. And and, and right. you know, when you guys are winning games and you're able to go play, you know, you know, just like it how it, how it is in, in in high school and March Madness and things like that, you guys you're in a bracket and it's it's survive in advance. I saw, you know, I saw a tweet the other day, like, for example, Kent State, that's this gets them great exposure, and you know, it, it's cool to go play these games, but You know, this was kind of the beginning of their season. In the first, let's see here, two, four, six. In the first five weeks, they played. They came and saw me for the first week in college football. Arizona State. Then they played. Then they went to Auburn, and they played at Wisconsin. So they played those three games in the first five weeks, and that and that's awesome, and that's really cool, and that's great for the program. And then obviously, you know the Kent State is making money like Arizona State, Auburn and Wisconsin are paying Kent State, you know, a pretty yeah. penny to come play them. But you know, and I hate to say it, but you're giving away 3 games right there. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And I know they're not conference games, but you guys have a chance, you know, for undefeated seasons and to win, you know, yeah. in, or, or you know, oh, yeah. you guys what started one on one and one, and then you guys went on a an, on, on a hot winning streak there to win yeah. win the conference yeah, and, and sure. go to the playoffs. So I think that's I would, uh, yeah. that's a big oh, yeah. deal. I would
1: have loved to I would have loved to play Saginaw Valley, who is the one team we lost to in the regular season. I'd have loved to play them at the end of the year because you know we kind of the first two games we squeaked by Northwood when we should have beat them by more. In my opinion, they were yeah. a good team, but I mean. I think towards the end of the year, we were just playing at a different level than what we were at the beginning of the year to where that game is not even close. And then Saginaw, which was a really good team who ended up not being as good as I thought they were, they were going to be, uh, they only won like four or five games yeah. the rest of the season after us, um, I think. but I would have loved to play them again and get another shot at them in our like when we were rolling and right. see, see what would have happened. Exactly. You know, but yeah, what, what you said about, I mean, yeah, the, the max schools, they go play three power five schools and they start off going three or whatever, you know, and it's just like not as exciting to be seven and three. I, I don't know. I, I'm sure it is.
0: I, yeah, It's it, probably a great experience. It, I,
1: no, it's no doubt a great experience to go and play at Auburn. Oh, you know? for sure.
0: There's pros and cons for sure.
1: There's definitely pros and cons, yeah. But I do, I do get what you're saying about you know just giving away three games basically.
0: You are. I mean, you you really are. That's tough, and it, and it's different. And like we said, pros and cons will make my uh, Jim Halpert pros and cons list. <laughs> yes.
1: And you know, I mean, we've seen crazier things happen. Yeah. Appalachian State beat freaking Michigan when, in like 2011 or <clears throat> whatever it was, uh, way back when.
0: I mean, how awesome <laughs> is that? All right, we're the University of Michigan, Appalachian State. We're cutting you a check for nine hundred seventy-five thousand, so we can come to beat, come, come beat your ass. And then yes. you come in there and be, they paid Appalachian State a million dollars to come in there and embarrass them.
1: And embarrass them. How I mean, unbelievable is that? How, that's
0: incredible. And then I love um, who was that school that beat Virginia in the in the um, the sixteen seed that beat virginia in the in the oh in um Muslims. umbc yeah they're hilarious their twitter account is the best like every upset was just oh, like yeah, they
1: always tweet at them they're yeah, like they're hey like, you up they're yeah. like
0: man hate to see it or this keeps happening lol it's just like so good
1: yeah oh yeah because you know like like obviously they probably got their one in a million not one in a million one in a hundred chance to, to beat virginia they're not going to do it again, but, no. you know, they did it the one time and, you know, they get to let, never let it down, never, never uh, let Virginia live, live it down. Yeah. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, big cliche guy, but, you know, nine times out of ten you're going to beat them and that was that one time and that's all you need.
1: Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. No doubt
0: about it. As a great philosopher, uh, <laughs> the great philosopher Scooter once said, it's all about being the best best team in the gym that night
1: that night exactly i'd rather be the best team in the gym tonight than uh, the best than the average team in the gym any other night that's exactly that's, uh, right that makes no sense but
0: you know it's whatever
1: please please please
0: please please, please. um how was uh thanksgiving snowman i really didn't follow up with you too much since that's what that was uh this past week oh yeah yeah you know it was good i i
1: should have had a little more fireworks than I did, but you know, I, I don't want to get into it, but it was, it was fun. You know, everybody, everybody's kind of, it's kind of a weird stage right now for my, for my family, for my mom's side of the family. Cause they're all getting older and there's, I don't really have any cousins my age. So uh. it's either, it's either cousins that are like 12 and 10 and, or, or 60 year old aunts. So, it's kind of. I'm in a personally in a weird age group right now where I'm not really an adult. Yeah, at, you're at like the, at the family functions, I but
0: f- I feel just, like you can be kind of intimidated by the young kids now because they've grown up only on social media and they can be like a little intimidating. And you're like, what am I supposed <laughs> to talk about these kids with? And you just you're just like so. Yeah, um, you're just like trying to make small talk, and they're just like on TikTok or whatever, yeah, oh and, and, and doing yeah. like Fortnite dances, and you're just like, so, um, you, uh, so, uh you have a jewel, or like, <laughs> like well, what <laughs> yeah. do you guys do now, no, or like,
1: <laughs> and what are you, what are you, 12, you jeweling yet, and I thought every kid your age jeweled, or smoked freaking, yeah, jewels, and whatever, oh yeah, right no, there,
0: if, you had, if you had a cigarette, they look at you like, you smoke cigarettes,
1: <laughs> you're so, you're so 1942,
0: yeah, you're such a, what are you, a dinosaur, <laughs> oh man! No, yeah, I, would... I quit juuling. I quit my jewel
1: by smoking cigarettes. That's how. Uh, I... That was a joke I heard. I was uh, with uh, some some people this weekend. They're like, "Yeah, I quit. I quit juuling by starting to smoke cigarettes." They're yeah. like, "It's probably better
0: for you." Yeah, like, I... yeah. That sure. that that joke gets recycled like crazy, and some people actually do it. So, but <laughs> it's still it gets funnier every time I hear it. I don't know why it cracks me up.
1: It oh just, yeah, it just does.
0: Absolutely. Oh, it's so. So so good. And then, then you got the guy like, oh yeah, I've been doing these like smokeless cigarettes. Then you get then you get the guy like um in uh Wolf of Wall Street, Jonah Hill at the end where Leonardo DiCaprio is trying to explain to him these non-alcoholic drinks. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. So what you just drink a bunch of them so you get effed up or what? He goes, No, don't you get that there's there's they're non-alcoholic. You don't get you don't get drunk. Like you can't get drunk off of them. He's like, I yeah, uh, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it, I don't get it, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. like that, that's, <laughs> that scene, and then the opening scene where they introduce John Travolta in uh, Wild Hogs, he goes, so he's, he's at his accountant's office, well, you're broke. So how does you're that bro- work? <laughs> so how does that work, yeah. yeah that's,
1: an, that's an underrated movie right there, Wild Hogs. That so is one of
0: the funny.
1: Most, it's so funny. There's so many quotable lines. I need to watch that again. There was a time where Wild Hogs was on TV... <laughs> Probably three nights a week. Oh, yeah. And my dad and I would watch it all three nights that it was on. And we just crap
0: movie, and, and it would just be like, oh, here's the part where they say, holy shit, it's the Golden night. I have to stick around and watch this. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's absolutely Are, hilarious. Underrated movie. Underrated. I, um, my, I think still one of my favorite <laughs> scenes is where uh, Dudley... Uh, shows off his apple, apple tattoo at like the hardcore, like Hells Angels he, biker yes. bar. He goes, I know, trademarked, right? But what are they gonna say? It's in my skin, bitch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it's, oh, it's phenomenal. Oh, it's but so I like good.
1: The, I like the scene, I, or I like the cop that's like following them, <laughs> the motorcycle cop, and he's like really weird. And, yep. And they're like, all right, we'll meet you there. And he's like, all right, and then he takes off, and they're like, all right, let's get the fuck out of
0: here. Yeah, it's like, please, <laughs> for the love of God, finish your sentence. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes whatever
0: yes. he says, he's giving out like, pu- like. uh just, like, two counts of public indecency, like, two counts of trespassing. And he does, like, the spin around with his finger and points at himself in one count of pure jealousy. <laughs>
1: yes. Yes. Oh, speaking, man. Of, speaking of movies and, yeah. and whatnot, when when are we going to uh, give the people uh, another Mount Rushmore? We got to oh, get yeah. one of those
0: out. Oh, my gosh. Do we have – we should just do one right now, improv, if we can think of the – Improv. If, we, if mm-hmm. we can think of the uh, – If we can think of the list. Oh, gosh. I can't believe I didn't think about this. Oh, you know what, Snowman? Here's what we can do. Since I am a technology extraordinaire, we are going to take a break. I'm going to pause this. And then off air, we are going to discuss and give the people a Mount Rushmore that, um, you know, a quality Mount Rushmore that they deserve. What do you say? That they deserve. I I, I couldn't agree anymore. All right. Let's take a break. All right, all right, all right. We are back. The snowman and I have discussed. We are giving the people what they want, or at least what we think that they want. We are giving you a seasonal Mount Rushmore. We are doing our Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies. We're not saying these are like the critically acclaimed Christmas movies. We're not going to be Roger Ebert and be like movie snobs, excuse me, film snobs, as I as I drink my tea with my pinky up. Um we're just these. are the Christmas movies that we enjoy, and we're just gonna have fun with this. So you guys know the drill. Mount Rushmore of these are basically power rankings, and really no particular order. Just our top four, alternating. Snake draft. Snowman. Will you kick us off? Will you lead us off here with uh your mount number one for Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies? My
1: number one, which is one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. Yep. I gotta go with Die Hard. Yeah, oh, yeah. The <laughs> Christmas movie of all time. Yep, yeah, it is. They, they argue about it on the office. Yep. And you know what? Damn it, it's a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie. You know what else okay, I consider
0: so... a Christmas movie? What? Step Brothers is a Christmas movie, right? It is. I mean, remember? I think it is. I think it is. Okay, so we. But some of the best scenes are around Christmas time. It starts off, um, John C. Riley, Dale, and Nancy. Um, they're decorating the tree, and she's like, "Dale, I love your sh- Christmas sweater." He's like, "Thanks. It was my grandma's. I took the shoulder pads out."
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and and then right after that, Robert the dad's like, "All right, I'm gonna go down no. to uh, Charlie's or whatever no, he, <laughs> yeah, he yeah, like Okay, so, or yeah.
0: So no, okay. So right after, right after he says he takes the shoulder pads out, Brandon is like, "Okay." I know, like, it would be okay if Dale and I opened just one present. On, <laughs> it's Christmas Eve. So they find out, he's like, Oh, Hulk cans. He's like, What? Dale got Hulk cans? And that's when um uh Dr. Domac gets pissed off. He goes, I'm going to the Cheesecake Factory to get a drink.
1: Yeah, Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> and, she yes, goes, I'm gonna, and she goes,
0: And she goes, I messed that up. Yeah, and she goes, but it's Christmas Eve. He's like, Oh, Merry Christmas.
1: <laughs> Merry
0: Christmas. That's awesome. That's so great. Comes, that is so great. Yep. Then you have the Christmas card right after Dale throws up of them like crying with him smiling in the middle in the Yeah, yeah they play the holiday music. It is by far, it, it's at least a quarter of a Christmas movie. A quarter of a Christmas movie, no yeah, doubt. I it, agree with it, you there. If we sent in a saliva swab to Ancestry.com or whatever those those places are where the government's stealing all your your stuff, like it would come back that Step Brothers is like thirty three point three repeating. Re- repeating, of course. Uh, percent Rebeating, of Christmas. Yeah, re- that's a little uh, Leroy Jenkins reference yes. for the for yes. the nerds yes. out there. Um, yep. But yeah, it would come back like at least like a thirty percent of Christmas movie. So I think yeah. Yep. So that's not in my top four, but it has to be mentioned along with Die Hard. Okay. That was, yeah, that was one, that was gonna be my question. Is that your choice? But nope, you're up. Nope, nope. Let's not, hear it. Not, not my choice. Okay, so I have a couple Vince Vaughn ones on, uh, on here. Um, <laughs> I, I love Vince Vaughn, and he kills it oh, yeah. in Christmas movies. I'm gonna start off with Fred Claus. That was on my list, but I will respect your decision. So the fact that my favorite thing ever, and I always say this, like if my, uh, my brother's just like got all the athletic genes and he's like big and cool and a D1 baseball player. I, like Fred, I'm going to have to check myself into Brothers Anonymous. Remember when they're there? <laughs> it's like you have Santa Claus's brother. It's like one of the Baldwin's brothers and like Bill Clinton's brother. They're all in <laughs> like this like AA yes. meeting. It's like Brothers Anonymous. I'm definitely going to be the next guy in BA very, very soon. Yes, that's that's phenomenal. Yeah, and Fred Claus is just terrific in it. It has heart. They play some good music. You know, the elves oh, yeah. rock and roll, gotta gotta love it. So Fred Claus.
1: Great, great, great choice. That's a great choice. Uh so my my next one is if the first of a three-part series. It's one of my favorite series of all time. The Santa Claus with yes. Tim yes. Allen. Yes. Now, not not the Santa Claus two or three, but those movies suck. Yeah. The first one is phenomenal, and it's phenomenal because Tim Allen burns the ham or whatever the hell they're eating. Yeah, and they have Christmas dinner at Denny's. It doesn't get any better <laughs> than that.
0: And Freddie Kitchens was their waiter. <laughs> Freddie Kitchens, because it came no, out like '99. he was like the fry cook.
1: He was their waiter.
0: He was the fry cook, fresh <laughs> out of Alabama. Not even the
1: waiter. He didn't even make waiter status. He nope. was the
0: fry cook or the busboy or something.
1: Him and SpongeBob are back there. Flipping oh, you up. know, you know who Grand fr- actually?
0: You know who Freddie Kitchens was? He was just the the big guy that they never. Uh, had anyone big enough working at Denny's to kick him out, he would act like the busboy and just eat people's leftovers.
1: Yep. <laughs> or what their, their scraps. <laughs> yep. And then if someone was uh, being unruly at three in the morning, drunk, he'd kick him out.
0: That's right. They're like, "Hey, man, I know you're not on the payroll, and we don't have any money to pay you, but he's kicked <laughs> this drunk guy out." Said, "Wait, he had a yep. few too many coffees." Yep. Um. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna stick with Vince Vaughn again, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Four Christmases. This movie, this movie really flipping cracks me up. I see a little bit of myself in it where they're trying to like skip family Christmas and go on a tropical vacation. Um, I kind of love that. I kind of, I kind of love it that they make up a whole story about how they're going to ch- teach like underprivileged kids, English or whatever. And <laughs> yes, and they're just going on a getaway and I kind of admire it. I admire that. And I just think the movie's hilarious. And once again, Vin, I just love Vince Vaughn. How can you not love him? I love Vince Vaughn.
1: I I actually watched this movie, I think, for the first time last Christmas.
0: Oh, really?
1: And, uh, yeah. I had never seen it, but I had heard it I'd only seen it on TV, but I'd never like watched mm. it. So I actually watched it like yeah. for the first time and uh that's what a great what a great idea for a movie. Yeah. You know, for Christmas is literally two yeah. divorce Two kids with or two adults with divorced parents, and each of the parents are a different different breed of like yes person, you know. And it's awesome.
0: Lo- and I love the first stop to uh, old uh, old coach's house from kicking and screaming Robert Duvall. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but, yes. I, yep. Then uh, the great children. that's and the, that's
0: phenomenal. And The fact that Vince Vaughn's character, whose whose name is Brad, he changed his name to Brad, but they but at the house they find out his his birth name was Orlando because all the brothers, all the sons in the family are named after the city in which they were conceived in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What was the other kid? The other guy. It's like Like Dallas. Yeah. There was Orlando Dallas. And I forget the other one. And like, they didn't hear about like the, uh, the spending limit. So they get Vince Vaughn, who's like a lawyer and like does really well, gets the kid next box. And then his dad gets him like a flashlight. He's like a flashlight. That's it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that,
1: that's the same one where he where they uh get the dad like a new TV yes. dish or whatever. Yeah. And he's up
0: on the he's up on the uh yeah. the roof trying to install that. That's a great scene too. Yeah, and even better, he's just like, Oh, um no, it's not gonna cost you anything. We're taking care of the bill, and the installation guy will be here uh on Monday. He goes, Whoa, 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 do you think I'm gonna let some sexual predator come in here and touch my underwear. Whoa, you got another thing coming. <laughs> like, what? Yes. I was like what that is what? that's got nothing to do with it. What's that? Yeah. And then oh my god, the cast is so like John Favreau's one of the brothers and they're like like they're like professional, they're, semi-professional wrestlers. Yeah, they're like, but they don't actually get paid for it. It's not not the TiVo. They just go in someone's backyard and upload the footage to YouTube. And I'm just like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> Who thinks <laughs> of that? Who thinks of that? That's unbelievable. Incredible, Gosh. incredible stuff. So four Christmases, just terrific. We're off to a great start. Let's uh, let's we keep this rolling. We are
1: off to a great start. Well, we'll keep it rolling with one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time, Uh-oh. and that's Elf. Ah uh, yes, A little 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 feral action. That's my favorite. That might be one of my favorite movies of all time. One of my all-time of all time favorite comedies. It's Very good. It's it's awesome, awesome. I think I can quote the whole thing. Now don't now don't hold me on that, but
0: <laughs> okay.
1: I, Scene four. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we'll start from the beginning. Uh, I've got made... the uh, main script here. Yeah. you can uh, read along with me. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> i'll just get going here
0: and for the it next was, hour uh, and a half it's like
1: it's like the same guy i think who uh plays chef plays the snowman in it uh the chef from south park i think it's the same guy i don't yeah, know but no. he's like oh children yeah how we doing
0: that's oh, so good what are you
1: doing buddy you going to new york city <laughs> like freaking great stuff
0: how'd you sleep oh i got a whole 45 minutes
1: <laughs> a whole 45 minutes. Uh do you have any syrup <laughs> or oh, eating spaghetti? Uh yeah. Uh we elves eat the three main food groups candy, candy canes, and syrup.
0: <laughs> so good he's talking about all his different candies, candy corns, candy canes.
1: Candy canes, candy <laughs> candy liquorice. whatever. I my, one of my favorite scenes is when uh he's in the kitchen and his parents are gone. Like his stepmom and, yeah. and his dad are off at work in the <laughs> The freaking radiator is like yeah. making noises like radiators make. And just like rah, rah. And he's like <laughs> hiding behind the cabinet, like yes. there's, a, <coughs> there's a monster or whatever. And his dad's like, no, that's just a radiator. You're all right. And he goes, All right, I love you. I'll call you in five minutes.
0: <laughs> and so uh, he
1: goes, No, no, don't don't call me. Oh
0: my god. Great stuff. Okay. I can't believe this one is stuck around this long. I played it pretty, it was pretty risky not to make it my first choice but I mean it's on 24 hours on like all the Turner channels on Christmas a Cleveland classic *Fragilia*. it must be Italian a Christmas story yeah uh, I I knew
1: it was I knew it was coming I just looked at it on uh, my spreadsheet yes. and uh, and it's, I'm glad that you took that one because my next one is unbelievable for <laughs> the Christmas story there's just nothing much to talk about it's just one of your great great movies. I mean, I love it,
0: it. I really do. It's it's really really funny. It's very good. The Red Rider
1: BB gun, the lampshade leg. It's saying the saying the f word, saying the f word. The tongue on the pole, right? That's this. Yes. That's uh. That's the same one. Um. Yeah. It's that's great. It's, it's incredible. Good stuff. Enough said. Enough said. My uh, this is my third, fourth, and final one, right? Yes. I gotta go with the main man Chevy Chase <laughs> and National Lampoon's <laughs> Christmas Vacation. I can't believe this one stuck around stuck along around, or uh, around this long. That's unbelievable. He says, "He says, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, kiss my ass." Or no, <laughs> He says, "Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, kiss my ass, kiss his ass, Happy Hanukkah." <laughs> all time all time great
0: oh man i got a decision here so um i have to mention bad santa i just love this movie that, yeah I've, uh, I've seen that one I, I, have, I have to admit it's just so it's just so funny billy bob thornton is just i mean he was just built to play parts like this you know but maker or whatever his name is from bad news bears and then characters like bad santa Mr. Woodcock, like he's just meant for roles like that. Um, But I think my number fourth pick, I'm going to go a little tribute to my mom here. She literally once December hits or as soon as Thanksgiving is done. Christmas with the cranks just plays nonstop (laughs) on a loop in my house. In your house. I don't think I've
1: ever seen that one, but I've definitely heard of
0: it. Yes. Another Tim Allen movie. And it's actually, it's actually very good. I enjoy it. It's one of those you can just have on and you can pick it up, you know, it. You, know, you know, you know, you know, I know the movie so well. I know different scenes. It's like, oh, this is about to happen. I'm going to sit down and watch these next 20 minutes or, you know, I'm here, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm going to finish this movie out, um, you know, because I just really like it and you want to see certain scenes. So uh, a little tribute to my mom there. I will throw Christmas in the, with the cranks in there as my number four. There you
1: go. That's a good one. That's a good one.
0: Yeah, i don't think i don't think this mount
1: rushmore has disappointed it was a uh, kind of no on the fly decision yes
0: and a great one at it i must say yes but very well done glad you brought that up i would it totally would have flew over my head and i don't know why it just just did it
1: just did you'll have that will yeah. have that every once in a while
0: it happens it happens so christmas now we are in december here how much longer you got in the semester snowman like one or two weeks
1: yeah, I got about two weeks left, I think, and
0: uh, how's then she, I'm home free. How's
1: she looking? Not bad. Can't complain. That's for sure.
0: Good. Good, good, good. Very nice. Yeah, we're going to have a heck of a time just sitting in the garage watching Chris, hopefully some of these Christmas movies we mentioned because now I really want to watch them. I'm like in oh, the, yeah. I'm like deep in the mood now, and it's just so hard for me to get in the mood because like, I I, I laid out at the pool today for like an hour. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you know, the, not only are is the
1: garage what we're looking forward to, but we've got another little something coming up. Oh, well, there is a little something.
0: Gonna... Why don't you tell the people what's coming up? We've got the wedding. The wedding! That's
1: all I'm going to say. We're not going to give any details, but we've got the wedding.
0: The address is... coming on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah why aren't you coming out
0: oh god okay <laughs> I, to that out. <laughs> I love it but yeah no.
1: Uh, <laughs> the wedding is coming up and we're looking forward to that we're gonna get all dressed up and we're gonna go oh yeah we're have a nice time hopefully it's uh, actually not hopefully it's gonna be a great time it is and then uh, we're gonna finish uh, Mountain Monsters which I assume we'll probably have an episode coming
0: up oh on that, we will right? definitely have to have an episode once we watch mountain monsters and you know all i can say about the wedding is no one can resist white goodman when he puts on his shady shoes oh oh man you just got me i'm
1: i'm pumped now you're ready to to run through a brick wall
0: i'm ready i'm ready to run through a brick wall let's do this yeah no it's gonna be really fun looking forward to the wedding i have a little family vacation we've never done it because just you know being in school playing sports and then when i've been in when when i've been in college you know ben has been, you know, can't miss anything because of, because of hoops. So I'm looking forward Oops. to that. It, it's, yeah. It's going to be a little weird um, being out of town for Christmas. And since I was out of town for Thanksgiving, it's a whole new experience, but I can't wait to, can't wait to be home and just enjoy home and get a little bit of that, you know, the, oh, yeah. that, you know, a little bit of winter air running through my, running through my lungs there. It'll be, it'll be good. And we got the wedding and we got Garage Time, we got you know Special Victims Unit, Law and Order and Mountain Monsters. Oh, it's going to be, be a heck of a time.
1: It is going to be a heck of a time. Heck of a time indeed.
0: That's yeah, we had we had quite the New Year's Eve last year. A uh it was a it was a 60 degree rainy night in Ohio. Yep. It was a sober night watching just the wwe the, right no we watching no monday night raw or? what was that on if it was on a monday we de- definitely did that one night where we watched all the wwe but that night yeah. i really think we just got going on like like we usually do what we, we just were watching svu till like two in the morning
1: i think you're right i think there i think your dad came out
0: at midnight and was like after your guys were like wait what what just happened yeah we, <laughs> we, we we didn't even miss the ball drop we're like Man, I really want to know if Ice T finally cracks the case.
1: <laughs> yep, this is the one where the kid uh, is like, "Oh, that's it, I did it." Well, you I got won. me.
0: Just don't take away my house key. It's like, yeah, okay. well, "We're gonna take away yeah. your house key and your freedom. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to the, the supermax. <laughs> you're going to the, the supermax. Super we're taking you out of county. We're taking you. Out. We're taking this
1: guy down. We're, we're taking right, this guy upstate. We're taking him downtown." Yes, but yeah, great, great stuff coming up. You know, maybe we should uh, while we're watching some of our shows, we like Mountain Monsters. We should uh, have the camera on us. You know, just uh, looking for live reaction. We should just do a live stream. Yeah, you know, you know how uh, like Barstool and those guys, With the, the other guys do it. Yeah, like when they're watching games. Well, when we're watching Mountain Monsters, we should get you know a camera on the screen and then a camera looking up at us. Yeah,
0: and just and the people would love it. You, if you've never watched Mountain Monsters. You're missing out. Oh, yeah. It's it, it's incredible. And all we can say is,
1: don't go in the woods.
0: <laughs> and he goes, nope, never heard of it. Don't go in the woods. Yeah. He goes, did you hear that, guy? <laughs> he just told me not to go in the woods. We got to get in there and find out what's going on. I'm like, two things. It's really cold. Why are you sweating? And why are you yelling at me? What did I do to you? It's a close-up interview. Relax. Yeah, man, there's just spit just hitting the lens. But all these listeners, they don't, they don't get
1: it. We'll no. have to, have to, you know, run them down on what Mountain Monsters is. Yeah, we'll,
0: we'll give them the rundown. We'll let them know what we're up to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No oh, doubt. All these, no down, down. all these inside jokes are just running over people's heads. They have zero yeah, clue what's going no on. No idea. Zero <laughs> clue. No idea. All right, That's Snowman. Great. Well, this was fun as always. Can't wait to see you when I'm home and catch up on all our shows and the wedding it's going to be this uh let's uh hopefully this next month we can take it day by day and really uh really enjoy it because it's gonna be a fun one.
1: Oh yeah absolutely absolutely i'm looking forward to it
0: great all right man thanks yep see ya hope you enjoyed that interview with the snowman always a good time always fun when he calls in to catch up and see what's going on Sadly, had to talk about the Browns and Steelers, but was just so awesome to hear that he had such an awesome football season this year. Congrats again to him on the conference championship and the playoff berth. Congrats to him and congrats to the entire Tiffin football organization. So, back by popular demand, it is back after a few weeks off. My complaint of the week. <sighs> All right, so my complaint of the week, as always presented by my therapist. This week's complaint of the week is group projects, though that's like nails down a chalkboard for a college student because, you know, the horror stories that you hear about just people not doing anything, making up the most ridiculous excuses. They're all very, very true. I just had one in one of my classes and I'm saying this like very sarcastically, we actually had a very good group. It was like a group of like eight or nine of us, which makes it even tougher. When when it's four, it's more manageable. It's easier to meet up. There's just less variables, right? There's just less people to have to deal with. So I thought for as big of a group as we had, we communicated well, and we put together a very good presentation. I was actually very happy with how it got all done. But of course, there was a lot of procrastination and other things. Um, so this is all kind of in a fun-loving fun, 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 loving tone here. So, um, the the first thing, so we had to choose an athlete and then a brand. We were given a list of athletes and we could pick whatever brand. So we decided to do Cody Bellinger and Hulu and Hulu, obviously like the only thing that they have going with their athletes right now is Hulu has live sports. They now have live TV. That's a package you can purchase and they have live sports. That's obviously what we're going to do, right? That's what we talked about. And after we talked about it, when we created the group chat, one of, I had the text message pulled up right here. One of the guys said, I was thinking we could do something where we emphasize how Hulu does live sports streaming as a way to connect the two. Genius. Like, yeah, man. What else did you think we were going to do? What else do you think we were going to do? Cody Bellinger, who's the MVP of the National League, are we gonna? Are we gonna say, "Hey, Cody, man, you know, we know you're like 12 years old, and you've been in the major leagues for like three years now, but um, and you already have an MVP, you've been in the World Series twice. All that's great and fine and dandy, but um, now we we really want you to quit baseball. We really want to get want you to give up on this lifelong dream of you playing major league baseball." that that you've been living out for these last three years. Like, it was fun, right? But we now want you to star in a lead role for some of our original programming. No, that's not what's gonna happen. Of course, we're gonna be connecting Cody Bellinger and and Hulu having live sports. That is what we talked about. And for someone to say that when they were there at the meeting, when we talked about this, it was in text message, we said it in person. It's just like, yeah, man, what did you think we were gonna do? What did we just say? So that was one thing. And then, like I mentioned before, I'm just now getting over. I, I'm over it for the most part. My antibiotics really kicked in and got through all my medicine, so I'm much better. But I had pneumonia and valley fever, and it was really, really bad. Um, it was pretty rough last week. And then going through the weekend, our presentation was this past Monday, so I was still feeling pretty rough, still coughing a lot. And we had one guy send a text message in. We, we, I know we had nine guys but we only sent up three to present to do the presentation. And one of the guys sent a message in like, Hey guys, like I have like a little bit of a sore throat, you know, it kind of like hurts to talk. And, um, you know, you know, if you guys could like take over mo- most of the mocha, the, most of the, uh, the, uh, the speaking that, that, that would be, that'd be huge. That, that'd really help out. I just want to send a message like, yeah, man, like I can't sleep at night because I'm like coughing to death. I have pneumonia, And valley fever and i've lost like 10 pounds and i feel terrible like i like i I just want to send that message back like i really don't care about your sore throat but you know what like i said this is all fun loving the project went really well i think we're going to get a really good grade on it i really enjoyed working with everyone and even the guys who said that they worked really really hard and did a great job so i'm saying this sarcastically it's supposed to be satirical it's supposed to be funny right so I just want to say that so not everyone's like, you're a jerk, you're talking behind these people's back. Nah. Calm down. It's all in good fun. It's all a joke. The project went really well. I wouldn't be talking about it like this if we totally dropped the ball and just crapped the bed. We did well. I'm really excited how it went. And I, I, wouldn't, have wa- I wouldn't have wanted to work with anyone else. So really happy how it went. And that's my complaint of the week. <sighs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed If you did, Apple, Spotify, or YouTube, wherever you may be listening, please rate five stars, leave a friendly review, subscribe, and turn those notifications on so you never miss an episode. Interviews like this one coming your way every single Monday and the Weekend 12 Pack with Uncle Micah, your home for degenerate gambler advice from non-degenerate gamblers coming your way every single Friday. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll talk to you on Friday.